Pushkin. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handle them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Brandi Zadrozny, and I wrote Conspiracy Theorists Made Tiffany Dover Into an Anti-Vaccine Icon. She's finally ready to talk about it for NBC News, and it's the story of the week. I went to basic training in Fort Knox, Kentucky, to serve my country. My method of serving was to get the army to pay for me to do three days of boot camp and let me be the first civilian to ever fire a tank so I could write about it in my book, Man Made. We all have different ways of giving back. I was so nervous the night before basic training that I couldn't fall asleep until 0200, which was a real problem because I had to wake up at 0445. When I got there, a barber immediately shaved my head, and then these two incredibly hostile sergeants shoved a uniform in my hands and started screaming at me for putting it on too slowly. It should not be taking this long to put boots on. They screamed at me for not standing at attention, for using sir when I should have used drill sergeant, for my cap being at a jaunty angle that looked totally straight to me. I was stress sweating more than I'd ever in my life, And it wasn't because it was 90 degrees out. Then they forced me to eat this cold, ready-to-eat chicken fajita at 0700. And they led me outside finally to where they keep the tanks. And I stood at attention and tried to listen to this lecture on tanking. But instead, I found that, to my great surprise, I was sitting against a tree trunk. Which was weird because I didn't remember anyone ordering me to sit against a tree trunk. I'd fainted for the first time in my life at 38 years old. They said it was because I locked my knees, but I blame the cold fajitas and maybe the stress of pretending to be in the army. The sergeant said that I had to fly home, canceling my three days of boot camp, but I somehow convinced them to let me stay and fire that tank. I was really lucky because when this woman in Tennessee fainted, the consequences were far, far worse. 
Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time When you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the week. Tiffany Dover is a nurse in Tennessee who was one of the very first in the nation to get a COVID vaccine. When she got her shot in front of local TV reporters, she fainted. Conspiracy theorists were convinced she died. Brandy Zadrozny, a reporter at NBC, wrote articles, made a podcast, and did on-air reports trying to find out what really happened to Tiffany Dover. Brandy, thank you for coming on the show. And I think thank you for telling me about this story, although maybe I would have been better off never knowing about it. (laughs) Same. (laughs) (laughs) You uh, did this incredible podcast and on-air reporting and articles about Tiffany Dover. Who is she and what was her life pre-pandemic? Tiffany Dover was a 31-year-old nurse manager in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She was sort of beloved by her team, and she was just doing a really good job. She was a mom of two. She was a doting wife, um, just a a normal person. And she is like a pretty blonde, blue-eyed woman who looks like all of the women like CNN covers when there's a crime. Yes, she is very much like that. She is your sort of prototypical missing white woman. <laughs> right. It almost seems fake how much she fits this this stereotype. Like she's she loves horses. There's pictures of her with horses all over social media. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of why her story grabbed the attention of so many people was actually because of the way she looked. She was beautiful. She was all over social media. She posted about her whole life. So you got to really see her from her 20s until she became a mother and like throughout her life, you you really feel like you knew her. She documented every event of her life, including her nursing work. And COVID hits, her job must get insanely stressful, right? Yeah, the job stank. Honestly, the nurses really felt like they were fighting this battle that the rest of the hospital was just absolutely unaware of. You know, once you got through those double doors, they said it was a whole different world because even people from the other areas of the hospital, they didn't go in this place. Like it really was an isolated um just place of constant death and sadness and fear and it's just it really it was really hard. And then finally the vaccines came out. Uh, I remember getting my vaccine and waiting in line. And I just, I started crying because I thought, oh, some small group of experts have saved us while I sat in like a room writing articles about Zoom shirts. And I was just really grateful and kind of in awe. I guess that was in April or so. But back in December, the first people to get the shots were healthcare workers. So What happened on December 17th, 2020 at this hospital in Chattanooga? Tiffany Dover is told that they are going to do the vaccine rollout and they're giving it to the COVID unit first. And would she like to be on video for the PR department? Would that be okay? She says, sure. Because they know it's going to be a challenge to convince some people to get the vaccine. So they want to prove that it's safe. Uh, I assume that's why they're doing this. Lots of hospitals are doing this, right? Right. The hospital had the forethought to say, you know what? 
We are in an area where there is a lot of vaccine hesitancy. The PR staff thought this would be a great opportunity to highlight the safety of the vaccine and how frontline workers were all lining up and very excited to have it. Okay, so they're live streaming this this momentous event and Tiffany is going to be um, getting the shot on live stream. Yeah, so she got the vaccine, everybody clapped, um, and then she sat down and that was really the end of it. But afterwards, a couple of people got back up, an administrator, uh, a doctor, and they talked about what the vaccine meant to them. And then you heard someone off camera say, do we want to get anybody else to talk? Maybe a nurse? And that was the uh, invitation for Tiffany Dover to get up and talk about the vaccine. She got up. She started talking about how this vaccine was light at the end of the tunnel. And then you could just see it in her eyes. She sort of got a vacant look. And she touches her forehead and she just says, I'm sorry, and collapses into the arms of a doctor and an administrator behind her. And she dies. That's right. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 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 No, she faints, um, which happens when people get vaccines sometimes. Tiffany has this overactive vasovagal response. So when she experiences pain, sometimes she just passes out. It's something that our family knows about her. It's sort of common. It is not common. I've never heard of anyone having this. And why, if you had this thing where you faint all the time at slight pain, why would you go up there to be on camera when you get a shot? So usually if she feels it coming on, she can sit down and she'll be fine. But you know when you like you tell yourself something in your mind, you're like, come on body, do this thing. As you get older, it happens more and more. I know. We won't get into the details here, but trust me. Um, but I've never gotten so many. That happens to me all the time. We have a lot of fainters in this country. So There's always that kid in your high school, right? Who's just fainting all the time. <laughs> in gym class. Have you ever fainted? Yeah, I fainted on the subway once in New York. Were you freaked out? I mean, that's a bad place to faint. No, no, it's a great place to faint. I feel like everybody sort of comes together to help. This is not what the Kitty Genovese uh, story tells us, but I like that your story (laughs) tells us that New Yorkers will rally together and help. Um, I think that they do. (laughs) Okay, so what happens after Tiffany faints? Tiffany faints. She gets back up. She gives another interview to the local reporter and says, I'm fine. I faint a lot. I'm still glad I got the vaccine. I'm going to go back to my job now. And she says to one of our nurses, she's like, "Ugh, I just fainted. And he said, yeah, I know. I saw you. It's on Facebook live stream. And that's when she first realized that this was going to embarrass her, at least locally, she thought. You know, her nurse told her, you know, don't worry about it. It's just a local broadcast. It won't matter. Like, it's going to be fine. And it's being replayed thousands and thousands of times because people were waiting for something like this. People in the spaces that I sit in as a reporter, the anti-vax spaces, the conspiracy theory spaces, they were watching all of these live streams all around the country. And when they saw Tiffany faint, they shared it within their group. And the underlying reason that they were sharing is, look at this. It's obviously dangerous. And this is where that night on like Fox or Infowars, like who's putting this out? So within the first night, it was on Infowars. Infowars is the guy who thinks that water makes the frogs gay, right? What's his name? Um, 
Alex Jones. Alex Jones, thanks. So uh, she's like headline news on this InfoWars program that night. But it's also like it was on Russia Today. Where Tucker Carlson will soon be hired for trillions of dollars. <laughs> no, I won't believe it. The far-right party in Austria was sharing it. It was literally everywhere. It was everywhere. Okay, so it's everywhere, and they're not saying she's dead yet? How does that come about? Right, so at first, they're just showing the video, literally, and it's like all over YouTube, and it's just nurse faints. But they don't have that second part of the live stream where she says, I'm fine, everything's okay now. And so um, over the next couple of days, that's when you saw it morph into she actually died. These fake things are going around and within a week, it's just gone bananas. Like there's, it's, everybody's convinced she's dead um, and the hospital decides, crap, we have to do something about this. Wait, but is she, does she seem dead? Is she on social media or talking to reporters? She's not because the hospital tells her this has gone to Croatia. I like that as a phrase when rumors start to fly. This has gone to Croatia. I know. I mean. As big as it gets. It's I, everywhere. I know. Um, like it, this rumor has is flying so fast that you are hurt or dead and it's going crazy. Don't say anything. Just let us take care of it. People were calling constantly saying, my dad's in there. Can I talk to the manager? This is Tiffany's husband. Can I talk to Tiffany? Like they were just trying all these ways to talk to her. It was really disrupting their work. Who are the main people pushing this Tiffany is dead rumor? You have your anti-vaxxers are the easiest ones to identify. People who are sort of looking for evidence that the vaccine is going to cause harm. And Tiffany was their evidence. And that's people like the woman named Robin Openshaw. She goes by Green Smoothie Girl. And she lived in Utah for a long time until COVID. And then she had to escape as she puts it to Florida, she believes that COVID is a lie and that the beach will heal you. But she was probably the most dedicated Tiffany truther. She offered a $100,000 bounty to anyone who could bring her Tiffany Dover because she was so convinced that Tiffany was dead. And who were the other people who were the main Tiffany is dead conspiracy theorists? Again, you had the anti-vaxxers, but then the other section was sort of your your old school conspiracy theorists. And I think of them as like the 9-11 truthers and COVID was sort of like Christmas. All of their conspiracy theories coming together. Like I can tell you this guy, allegedly Dave, he's gone sort of wild during COVID. He also drinks his own urine for health. You um, sound judgy about that. You know what? It's the least problematic thing he does. I think it's fine. <laughs> like, whatever. Whatever does it for you. Um, it was interesting for me to learn sort of the backstory of Brian Wilkins. Brian is this guy from Iowa. He has a website called The COVID Blog. He, you know, wanted to be a radio DJ. He had a girlfriend and he lost that girlfriend. His parents died he sort of lost everything to conspiracy theories and conspiracy theories. He literally told me was the one thing in his life that was worthwhile. It was the the meaning for his life was sure. to get people not to take the vaccine. It's, it gives you purpose. It's a religion. We, we all search for that. And I can understand. And these people are, are pretty good reporters. They're not stupid. They, they find really good facts. They just come to kind of weird conclusions. Conclusion. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Lots of people think Tiffany's dead and, and she's being hidden by all the forces of evil. And the hospital is just flooded with phone calls like from Croatia. 
people. So uh, how do they deal with that? Really poorly. Um, They have this idea to not let Tiffany talk because if she spoke again and made a mistake, it would just ruin the hospital. And so here's what they came up with. Their idea was to stand on a staircase. There were about 20 people, nursing staff and administrators, and they would all hold signs that said, we support Tiffany with the day's date. Tiffany would stand right at the foot of the stairs, right in the front, and she would say nothing. And because they thought most of them thought they were just taking a photo, people were just kind of standing there awkwardly. It's very poorly lit. Everyone's wearing a mask, so you can't really see anything. Tiffany had forgotten her white coat that day, which she's required to wear. So one of her bosses gave her somebody else's vest, and it didn't fit. It was too big. And then this was the biggest piece of evidence. Her hair in this video was parted in the middle, and she, for the other video, wore her hair parted on the side. People do change their parts, even though truthers were like, a woman would never change her part. Like it absolutely happens. <laughs> um, so for all of these reasons, when this 21 second video was put out on the hospital's Facebook page, they meant it to be a proof of life. But for truthers, this was just a bonanza of new footage to prove that she died. This clearly isn't the same girl. It's a body double. Oh, do they have a theory of who this body double is? They do. Of course they um, do. They do. And what was what's really sad here is because, you know, not only did this response from the hospital make things worse for Tiffany, but it brought in another victim. And her name was Amber Honey. And they found Amber Honey by looking through Tiffany's photos on her Facebook page. Why is everyone named like Brandy, Tiffany, Amber? This feels like I'm doing a story on 1980s pornography. Okay, A, that's rude. But B, like, <laughs> come to the South. We have my... My sister's names are Tanya and Christy and Brandy. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, of course. What? You need to get out of your elite media bubble, friend. (laughs) I guess so. Wow. Um, Anyway, so yes, Amber, which is a perfectly fine name to have. Totally. Amber was picked out as the body double. And so it made her life terrible because all of these truthers started flooding her Facebook page and they doxed her and they called her and her whole family. And they're like, why are you standing in for Tiffany Dover? How could you? Okay. So this must mess up Amber's life now that people think she's part of the evil conspiracy. Yeah. She's the bad guy. Um, It does mess up her life. She's getting all these death threats. People are saying, you know, poor Tiffany, RIP Tiffany, Amber is the bad guy. So it was really bad. But Amber and Tiffany are friends. And Amber said, I'm not going to say anything until you want to say something. It's your story to tell. But of course, it wasn't. She wasn't allowed to because the hospital still wouldn't let her speak even after this whole debacle. You know, I'm going to quickly defend the hospital's decision here because I've written columns where I got a lot of angry attention. And I got some very good advice, which was don't feed the trolls. So I don't think that was so crazy of the hospital. Yeah, this is sort of prevailing internet wisdom. And sometimes it's right. But in an instance like this, when you put this information out into the world and then something goes wrong, you have kind of a responsibility to answer the questions that are there. Because honestly, we focus a lot on the truthers, but there were a lot of well-meaning people who had a fine question. This person used to post on social media all the time. She got up and spoke for the vaccine. She can't just disappear now. That's weird. Don't be weird. When we come back, 
we'll follow Brandy as she tries to prove that an alive person is alive. Turns out it's not as easy as it sounds. But first, our advertisers have an herbal remedy that will erase the chip Bill Gates put into your bloodstream. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on the storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, NA member FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentioned, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like this is this is not right how can a person get killed and no one knows anything I'm Jake Halpern and this is Deep Cover The Nameless Man listen wherever you get your podcasts and if you want to hear the entire season right now ad free subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus So while these conspiracy theorists are looking for Tiffany, you started looking for her too. Like you, I would have called the hospital first. What did they tell you when you called them looking for Tiffany? It was very boilerplate. We've said she's alive. Here's the post we made on our website. Goodbye. Uh, I had to go to Chattanooga and basically say, I'm here. I'm outside your hospital. Can someone from PR please speak to me? They really wouldn't talk to me at all. Their explanation was that Tiffany didn't want to talk about any of this. She wanted to do her job as a nurse manager and let this stuff pass by, let it finish its course, right? Don't you feel like another stalker like the rest of these 
conspiracy theorist people? Like, I have a business card. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, but you know, half of reporting is bothering people who absolutely don't want to talk to you. And like, but this is a person whose whole problem is people bothering her because they want to find out the truth. All I needed was her to say that. Oh, so you think maybe she does want to talk to you? I thought so. Yeah, and so I would. I went to her house and stood outside her house for long stretches of time like a weirdo and I I so I would run into family members and I ran into them and I said does she want me to go away if she does please let me know and they okay. told me no she wants to talk to you she's just got a few things that she needs to do first she needs to talk to a lawyer or someone mm. said something about she has an NDA so you do this entire podcast and you never get to talk to Tiffany yeah, I, it was totally unsatisfying and pretty sad, actually, because at the end of it, I do think, honestly, I made things worse. I think that a lot of people said at the end of episode five, see, even an NBC News reporter can't find a nurse in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Like, she's clearly dead. How um, upsetting was that? It was really upsetting. It was like, I was very sad. Like, I cried <laughs> a lot. Oh, no. Yeah, that really sucked. Um, but then about a year later, uh, I got a text from her just totally out of the blue. Uh, why did she want to talk to you now after all this time? You know, she told me, actually, she said that she had been thinking about it for a while. She had wanted to talk to me. Then she quit her job at the hospital. So she finally could talk to me. Um, oh, so the hospital wasn't very upfront with you when they implied that Tiffany didn't want to talk. Oh, they lied like a rug. Oh. Yeah. See, this this plays right into the conspiracy theorists that hospitals are liars. I mean, it's definitely bad PR. But yeah, they did lie. They 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 lied. That's horrible. Did she quit because of this? She quit because of what was happening at the hospital. Yeah. There was a brief moment where she wanted to post on her Instagram um, just photos from her vacation. And that's all she did. But a lot of people said that her ski helmet was yeah. evidence that it wasn't her, that it was really Amber. When she got back, she got in trouble. She got a, a letter basically saying, we recommend that you delete your account. And if you keep posting on social media, then um, you could be terminated. Right. She didn't feel like they were being supportive as they should have. Like they were part mm -hmm. of this thing, this, this original plan of giving a shot to the fainting girl. Yeah. It's it's true. It was really demoralizing for her to feel like she had done this great job, but inside her own hospital, she just felt like she was in trouble a lot. And like like it, all this was her fault that she had fainted. Okay, so if you finally go see her, what's it like to see her in person? Is she beautiful? She's so pretty. <laughs> she really is. That's the thing. I mean, so I was driving with my producer from. Atlanta to Chattanooga on the day that we're meeting her. And I had this like flash of fear. Like, what if she's awful? Or like, what if she's, you know, just not the person that I've built up in but my you've mind? You've projected so much onto her. You've never talked to her. You've been thinking about her for years and looking at pictures of her in social media. Oh yeah, of course you don't meet your heroes. hundred percent. So I was like, oh, she could be awful. Yeah. Um, I was really afraid. But the second that I met her at this restaurant, we met for a drink, which turned into dinner. It's a good date when a drink turns into dinner. I know. It went really well. And then we decided the next day, I said, can I please come over to your house and make this podcast? And she said, yeah, let's do it. When you get to talk to her, what does she say about how these conspiracy theorists affected her life? She talked about 
How does it feel when people come to your house with GoPros on their head and are walking around your yard while you're babysitting your three-month-old nephew? And, you know, how does it feel when a guy who calls himself the vaccine police and makes videos with blow torches and, and big guns, like, comes to your front door? Scary. Awful. Are you thinking that if you get some facts, like you can prove she's alive, you're going to change the conspiracy theorists' minds? 100%. That's yeah, crazy. absolutely. That makes you crazier than them. I know, but I thought if I got her, I could change the mind of one conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and then I thought it would be like a feel-good end of the podcast. It will surprise you, I'm sure, shock you even, to know that a lot of the people commented on the projects that we did saying that it was a lie, it was a deep fake, she was AI, it was a body double, et cetera, et cetera. So what she did next was this guy who has his own sort of anti-vax podcast invited her on and she said yes. Wait, did she convince the guy that she's alive? She did. No. Well, this proves your theory that you can change these people's minds. I mean, yeah. A conspiracy theorist that thought she was dead or injured, he said, you have convinced me. I do not think you're dead. I do not think you're injured. And he told his audience. And then in his comments, people were like, you've convinced me. Okay. Wait, did you get your $100,000? No, I have to be very clear about this because Robin Openshaw to her audience does say this all the time. Like she was trying to get a hundred thousand dollars. Like I wasn't trying to like win her hundred thousand dollars, but no, she did not give it to me. And she still very much thinks that um, Tiffany's dead. Wait, what does she need to give up the hundred grand? So I emailed her and I said, Hey, let's get back together. I have that zoom you were looking for, Yeah, you know? Let's do this. And she said, oh, no, that's not enough. She said, now I want to go to Tennessee, to her home, and I want to interview her on camera. I want all of her medical records. And she must show a willingness to tell the truth about what happened to her. That's a quote. So, like, clearly nothing would be acceptable. Oh, so she's starting to sound like she's not a true conspiracy believer and she's just uh, a huckster. I mean, who knows? Sounds like she just wants ratings for her little YouTube show. Maybe. I don't know. She seemed to really care about Tiffany as a person. Oh. Has this story changed the way you think about dealing with conspiracy theorists? It kind of made me more empathetic with conspiracy theorists. I think that a lot of our coverage of conspiracy theories and conspiratorial communities is sort of like, oh, look at these crazy people. And Sometimes like that's kind of true, but I always give people the benefit of the doubt. You're a giver. Mm, That's just me. (laughs) Brandy, you wrote conspiracy theorists made Tiffany Dover into an anti-vaccine icon. She's finally ready to talk about it for NBC News. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Joel. This was so fun. Trying to change people's minds with facts is a horrible misunderstanding of what it is to be human. It's like you're assuming that our brains are logic computers. They are not at all. We don't even have access to most of what our brains are doing. Most of my brain, for instance, is definitely not focused on reading these words right now. I'm guessing it's busy thinking about either food or sex. Maybe a weird combination of both. I have no idea. The best we can do is control the water we're swimming in by listening to experts from trusted institutions. Consuming information from large organizations where a lot of people are vetting it. And most importantly of all, listening to this podcast. You, my friend, are doing God's work. 
Next week, we'll talk to Virginia Heffernan about how she went to Taiwan and fell in love with computer chips. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show is produced by Joey Fishground, Mola Board, and Nishavenka. It was edited by Lydia Jean Kopp. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang, and our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. Our theme song was produced by Jonathan Colton. A special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Salaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. Do you still talk to Tiffany? Is your relationship over? I do. Do you talk to a lot of your former subjects? Almost none. There's one guy from my last book who calls me every few months like he's my grandfather. But other than that, I really don't much. I do. You're much more likable. No. Yeah. I just... Like, you're not going to talk to me after this, clearly. (laughs) No, we're now best friends. I'm going to send you a Christmas card. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Wow.